Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Earlier this year, our Department of International Relations issued a statement following the arrest of a South African citizen, Andre Meyer Hanakum, in Mozambique for alleged terrorism in that country. He is suspected of belonging to a jihadist group. What are the implications of that for South Africa and terrorism here? To explain this to me, I am joined by Ryan Cummings, the Director of Signal Risk and Africa First Focused Political and Security Risk Management Consultancy. Ryan, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you as always, Shuri, for having me. Uh, and happy 2019, Ryan. Same to you and your listeners. Wishing you all the best. Ryan, so this year started off with Durko issuing a statement saying South Africans, she was appalled to find that South Africans are disrupting, are being disruptive in Mozambique. What are the implications of this, Ryan? Well, firstly, Sharice, we actually have to look at the specifics surrounding this, this incident and this arrest of the South African national because at this stage, there is no definitive evidence uh, linking the individual, um, Andre Hanakum, uh, to Islamist extremism. Um, there's speculation um, that ha- he has been assisting a group that is known as the Al-Sunnah Islamist Extremist Movement in northern Cabo Delgado province, um, but which his own um, legal team have claimed um, is, is certainly not the case. And this is either an incident of mistaken identity or it may be a means of a political plot in Mozambique that is aimed on uh, prosecuting Hanukum and also allowing um, certain individuals in the Mozambican state access to his seaside property, which is supposedly located in a very strategic area regarding uh, Mozambique's burgeoning uh, liquid um, mm. liquid gas um basically uh, stores um, and that, you know, influential businessmen are trying to access this area because of how lucrative it is going to become to the uh, LNG sector in the country. So a lot of speculation regarding the purposes of Hanakom's um, arrest. There were also claims that they found various forms of uh, bomb-making material, gunpowder, machetes, um, you know, bow and arrow and everything else, yet um, there seems to be some reasonable explanation, um, you know, for why these items were found on, on Hanukkah's uh, premises. <laughs> so it's very difficult at this stage to state that, you know, the South African national has discernibly been linked to Islamist extremism in Mozambique. Um, but I think what is of greater concern is the fact that we do seemingly have a terrorist organization right across South Africa's border. Well, Mozambique has had terrorist attacks before last year, and, and I think that they rose in the mountains, and I think the violence involved um, was worse last year than it had been in previous years. And um, it is on our border. Do you think it could come down? I think we have to look at the Mozambican um, security dynamics in, in, in northern Mozambique. So I think that's firstly quite key, um, is that the attacks and the violence by this group that has identified itself um, as a so-called jihadist movement is is occurring, you know, in northern Mozambique, more towards uh, or at least alongside the Tanzanian border. So it's the, the geographical proximity of the violence is is quite far from south uh, from South Africa, and 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 currently it's actually just located within specific. Dif- uh, 
districts within Northern Cabo Delgado province uh, and not even spread beyond, um, you know, into neighboring areas which, um, you know, are, are in the central or, or northern or southern regions, I should say, of the, of the province itself. So that's, that's first, that's, that's quite key. Um, it's happening in a neighboring country, but, you know, very far from, from South Africa. Secondly, there does seem to suggest that, you know, the, the actual create, creation or the catalyst for this insurgency in northern Mozambique appears to be very much linked to, um, to local conditions. So the first key area is that, um, this is an area of, of northern Mozambique, which has habitually been economically marginalized, um, there's, because it has a significant Muslim population, you know, you've had these fringe groups and, um, a lot of foreign, um, if I can call them ideologues that have traveled from countries such as Somalia, Tanzania, and have set up bases in, in northern Mozambique to basically, you know, preach, um, and provide other forms of religious activities. And they claim that the marginalization of northern Mozambique is because you've got a, a, a secular or Christian dominant, you know, government um, that has basically neglected the region, which, which is not necessarily the case. It's just that, you know, resources associated with Mozambique, northern Mozambique, has, has not been an issue up until the discovery of um, gas deposits in the Rivuma Basin. Um, and then there's also the, there's also ethnic dynamics involved, you know, suggestions that one ethnic group, um, claims to be marginalized in favor of another ethnic group in the region. This transnationalist organized crime that's taking place, the smuggling of timber, the smuggling of rubies across the Mozambique and Tanzanian border, which in itself has been linked to the insurgency. So it's very important to note that while this is happening across the border, it's very much an issue that's developing to, to very unique socioeconomic and political conditions in Mozambique itself. So I'm pleased you've clarified that and, and also pointed out the complexities of like every single issue. And certainly when we look at our continent, um, Ryan, you know, we can't just kind of think all that because it works, you know, that happens in Kenya, it's going to happen in Mozambique, therefore it will automatically happen here in South Africa. Um, I think probably this is a good place just to take a quick advert break Ryan but when we come back maybe we can look a little bit at the continent and and kind of speculate 2019 what we can expect especially following the DRC uh, temporary uh, results to the elections Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert and I'm talking to Ryan Cummings, who is the Director of Signal Risk, an Africa-focused political and security risk management consultancy. Ryan, um, the elections in the DRC have taken place. The results, uh, uh, provisional results have been announced. What can we expect further? Well, I think the, the, the key issue is that there's been claims that the results themselves do not reflect the political will of the people, that basically the opposition candidate who eventually won the election um, the only reason he did so was because of a last-minute deal that was brokered between his political movement and that of outgoing President Joseph Kabila in an attempt for President Kabila to maintain a sort of quasi-proxy um, in the office of the presidency, which he can then manipulate to continue to to benefit him and his immediate patronage networks in the continual governance um, of the DRC. And 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 these results are, have subsequently been subject to a judicial petition by the uh, second place candidate Martin Fayulu, who claims that he's the rightful um, victor of the um, election. 
uh, you know, his claims seem to be supported by independent auditing of the results that took place by the Catholic Church, which is the dominant, uh, you know, civic body um, in the DRC. Um, but what I do believe is that, you know, amid the election contestations, the key issue for the Congolese people is that they have delivered the first democratic transition of uh, political power in the country, and that is significant. About two years ago, mm. when the election was supposed to happen, um, you know, there were many attempts by President Kabila to basically derail the electoral process or render himself eligible so that he could, you know, continue his term, as we see with many African statesmen who refuse to to see power. President Kabila has or is subject to leave um, the, the presidency in, in almost uh, less than, than, than seven days, if I'm not mistaken. I think that um, provisionally the inauguration date has either been set for the 18th or, or the 19th of January. This might be obviously extended due to the judicial appeal. But, but this has been a major victory for the Congolese people, the fact that President Kabila and the ruling FCC coalition has been moved out of power and that an actual opposition party is going to assume the um, executive or the office of the executive in the DRC. It's just a development which does not happen in many African elections and certainly has never happened in the political history of the DRC, at least not through democratic means. So, Ryan, do you think this will now go forward? Do you think there will be violence? Do you think it will, it will be an accepted result by the people think- and by the international community? I think what we've seen thus far is that there were pockets of violence that occurred in, in areas where Martin Fayulu had significant support, but it wasn't widespread. Importantly, the capital, Kinshasa, which is kind of the hub of all commercial operations um, in the DRC, also the, you know, the, the countries you know, outside of the city of, of Lubumbashi is one of the, the, the key urban centers you know, from a political, cultural, and also economic perspective of, of the DRC. And, and Kinshasa is the home base of the UDPS movement which is aligned to the winner of the election Felix Chisikedi and often what we see in the DRC is if the capital is pacified the rest of the country tends to follow suit and and we haven't seen significant unrest and nor do I anticipate that we're going to see any widespread violence as a result of uh, the election results bar any you know crazy developments or unexpected developments that might happen up until the inauguration um, of, uh, of of Chisikedi to the, the DRC presidency. I think what we'll see is, is that civic groups such as the Catholic Church, such as the youth group called the Lucha uh, Movement, who have played more of a kind of almost the anti-government role to date is going to change their disposition and going to play an active role in mediating any political disputes and ensuring that first and foremost the interests of the Congolese people will be looked after by the incoming government. And the DRC is such an important big central um, country in Africa that it, that it being stabilized should surely impact positively on the whole continent. Absolutely. Um, again, you know, the, the Central Africa um, in itself, you know, has been a, a geopolitical region of the continent which has been beset by political instability and, and very much tied to presidents who are either intent on, on keeping power or who have governed um, to such a degree that they've actually catalyzed significant armed mobilization, um, you know, towards their administrations. And I think that, you know, uh, peace in the DRC is so important for 
just, you know, stabilizing the entire region because whenever the DRC has been in a context of significant political crises, it's spread across the border to neighboring countries who themselves already face their own domestic conditions. So in terms of your forecast for Africa 2019, what are your overall thoughts? Well, I think that each geopolitical region of, of the African continent faces its own problems. So um, I touched on what's happening in Central Africa. We've got a lot of political instability that's linked to kind of domestic um, and even regional politics because of the spillover of, of unrest from one country to another. When we move across to, to the West Africa region, um, I think that the dominant theme there is Terrorism, um, specifically jihadism. Um, we see multiple countries um, affected by it, Nigeria, Burkina Faso, Mali, Niger. And, and, and the concerning aspect of it is that the groups that are operating in these areas are expanding both the frequency of attacks but also the geographic location. And this, for me, is a trend that's certainly going to continue mm. um, for the rest of, 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 of 2019 because certain you know kind of countermeasures that have been employed by local governments and even the international community has, has fallen well short of, um, of stemming the threat posed by these groups, which I think is just going to become more acute. Um, in the coming 12 months. Um, when we look at Southern Africa, I think it's, it's kind of dominated, you know, um, South Africa serves as quite a good microcosm for, for the region in itself. You know, you've got governments, um, that are kind of going through a period of, um, transition. As we recently saw with the ANC government with power mm-hmm. shifting to, uh, President Ramaphosa, who will face a significant, uh, test, you know, in the March, uh, uh, elections, mm-hmm. uh, but which he is likely and the ANC, um, as a political party is seekingly going to, um, to, to still, you know, dominate in form of, of the electoral process itself. In Zimbabwe, we saw a very similar development mm-hmm. happening with the, uh, um, an Angagwa regime taking over from the Mugabe administration and also kind of consolidating its position um, following elections, but now has to build on that to okay. basically attract foreign investment and address issues of, of unemployment and other economic malaise. And Ryan, similar event. Ryan yeah. sorry, I, I was unfair in asking you the prospects of the region when I knew I only had two minutes more. So maybe, no <laughs> Ryan, maybe what we can do, though, is continue this discussion in a few weeks' time and kind of give the region the respect that it deserves and, and spend more time on it. How does that sound? Oh, that sounds fantastic, Sharice, <laughs> uh, and always looking forward to sharing my thoughts, uh, perhaps too zealously sometimes. <laughs> yeah, really no, that, that, that was not fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a lot to cover. There's a lot happening in Africa, and I think that it does deserve a show in its own. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to broaching that with you um, at another time. We will be in touch, Ryan. Thank you so Brilliant much for joining me. Thank, Thank you. you for having me.